0: Good day, fellow investors. I'm very privileged today to be here with Per Rienster in his beautiful villa in Portugal, Sintra, to discuss about how to invest in stocks because he has been a consultant, business consultant for more than 40 years, professor of strategy, and everything evolves around finding great, great businesses when it comes to investing. And I'm so happy to discuss this with Per and thank you, Per, for doing this. It's a pleasure. So let me start by introducing Perry Enster. He is an academic, entrepreneur, investor, businessman, consultant. So he started his academic career as a Fulbright Scholar at the Pittsburgh University, then started as a professor at Virginia, then followed by IMD Business School, then was the Dean of the Copenhagen Business School, and then at the China International Business School in Shanghai alongside that part with because academics is best when it's practical You also had your consulting business where you consulted dozens of businesses among uh, IBM Philips Unilever so you always did that and the third pillar of your career has been investing in startups and bigger businesses that actually are now also you invest in shares through the fund that you set up so very broad perspective on investing, on businesses, on academia. And uh, let's cut the chase and let me start with the questions. So please, bear. tell us when you invest in a business, in a stock, what is the core? What are you looking at?
1: I I think we always look um, after a business that has a clear strategy. Um, And what does that mean? Well, I think a strategy needs to be a concise um, concept uh, focused on the market um, with products that are obviously um, unique uh, or can differentiate itself from, from competition. We're looking at businesses that, that it's not easy to get into because if it, there are barriers to entry, you know if it is profitable, you will always see more competitors come in and, and try to steal away your, your gains. We're also looking for com- uh, um, companies where you don't have too many competitors and preferably no competitors. And they don't necessarily need to be big businesses. I mean, there are many uh, smaller businesses that either geographically or in a specific industry can be really, really unique. And so even their small size, they may actually have either the whole market or you know, 70, 80%. And generally, when, when you have that kind of a market share, as my good friend Jack Welch once said, um, one and two will do, three and four out the door. You, you, when, when you dominate a segment, you, you control profitability, you can better cater to compa- uh, customers, and you have economies of scale, even at smaller sizes. In fact, most niches that, that are dominated by one person is actually a niche because there were only room for one company that can actually be at minimum efficient scale. So the uniqueness of these businesses is, I think, something that is uh, very common. Because um, if you have a, a, a good customer base and there's demand that outstrips supply, you will make money.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: So that's the kind of businesses, whether it's in, in private or in, 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 uh, in, in listed companies, those are the kind of businesses I always try to look for because they tend to be much more profitable than the average um, uh, average company out there.
0: And do you prefer smaller businesses or do you also like, uh, in your fund, when you <coughs> buy stocks and shares, do you also like to buy big businesses or just small or medium? All right, so, so you mentioned the
1: fund. So um, uh, six years ago, um, um, my partner, through 30 years, he used to be a, a student of mine at IMT, been working with me in my consulting company for all these years. We decided actually that we wanted to, to create a fund because we felt that many of the funds that you can uh, invest in if you go to your local bank or whatever, um, they actually don't really have a strategy. I mean, they will be sort of the top, uh, Europe top 50 or it will be Asian uh, growth stocks, etc. In my book, that those are not strategies. I mean, they, it's not that it's bad because if you are a very large fund, you maybe want to have some sector diversification or geographical diversification but in my book that can never really achieve high yields so what we decided to do actually um, given the fact that we had uh, you know 34 years of of experience in helping companies become more profitable than their competitors was to actually find companies that had those special characteristics and then invest in it because uh, we felt they were really not anything available on the market that, that's not it's not completely true because there are funds out there managed by managers that follow a very similar strategy to ours and what you and what you um, uh, you talk about in your on your video channel uh, classic value investing but they also understand that you need to find those unique gems but many of these funds are actually not available I mean first of all you need to have you know $1 million or $10 or million, or $100 million to be part of, of that group of of, uh, uh, of investors uh, or they are not available. And frankly, also, we, we were looking a little bit at the cost and we, we said, we think we can do this better. So we literally have created a fund for what we call friends, fools and family. Um, and, and we've been very successful so far. Uh, but those companies we invest in <clears throat> are the classic companies that I'm talking about. It is in our case now, listed companies, so they need to be listed on the stock exchange, they are small to medium-sized companies. And, and why do we do that? Because small to medium-sized companies, if you track it h- historically, and this is where the academic side of us yeah. come in, are so much more profitable than if you uh, invest in large caps.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so we go for small and medium-sized companies, and we go for companies that are exposed to growth. It can either be in in, an industry or it can be in a geographical area. So my own preference is uh, Asia. And I think you also have mentioned that on some of your videos. And why? Because there's a lot of um, people out there. There are lots of growth compared to Europe, which is uh, anemic. And then finally, we do classic value investing, meaning, you know, we always go in and invest in in good value, where there's a wide, um, uh, there's a, a wide, uh, 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 you know, upside to it. Where where we, where there's a the the, the, the margin of, of safety is yeah, very big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so these are the the sort of the classic elements of the kind of things we, we, we invest in, um, and then we have sort of a, a strategic mentor that we basically look for that, that these companies have to qualify for. Again, as I said before their barrier to entry do they have a lot of competition um are their products different you know what about consumers do they have a lot of options uh choosing and oftentimes um uh, we try to actually avoid um, companies with too much fixed capital and that of course has something to do with how you weather um you know um, cyclicality etc so all our stocks have to sort of you know, go through that mincer and be checked out in order to see whether they have strategic viability according to our, our mm-hmm. criteria, and and that is an exercise that, that uh, I think is useful. Whether you uh, you are investing in a in a in a private venture or whether you're investing in stocks uh, in shares um, uh, as an
0: individual or whether you like us uh, are having a, a fund to do it. And something special that you always talk about, how even if you invest just in stocks, you always like to go and meet the management and check the company personally. Yeah. So I think that comes from your also investing in startups and uh, that later many wait, wait, went public. It, it, it does. It also comes from my academic work. I've always
1: uh, liked to actually, uh, even when uh, I was teaching executives, etc., to bring in cases into the classroom where I had actually been with the senior management you, you get a sense of them because you you want to you want to invest in companies where you have good quality managers and they don't do stupid things okay, just yeah. because they're sitting on a pile of cash going out and buying something because they want to become bigger and and etc you want really to have an understanding on of of of, uh, uh, of management teams you know they create that stability yeah. You know, I'm at an age now where I don't like to go out and, and buy a lot of green bananas. I like to have proven results mm-hmm. and that sometimes make it a little bit boring. You know, so I don't know anything about Bitcoin and I'm, I I don't think I will ever get into that kind yeah. of thing. I, I like proven concepts, you know, companies that have Shown again and again that they can deliver, they can deliver growth. They, they obviously the customers are happy, you know, employees uh, work hard and and they deliver earnings growth year after year. Yeah, those are the kind of companies that I personally like to invest in, and some people may find them a little boring. Uh, I rather want to ha- pay a higher price in terms of a PE because. Um, People often forget that even companies that have a a slightly higher PE, if they are really profitable, people forget that the earnings actually get invested, but not at the the PE rate at the one-to-one rate, and and so over time you will have you will have shares that are just going to become more and more valuable. So what you paid, uh, you know, in ten years time, twenty years time is actually going to be almost uh, irrelevant,
0: and. And so that's what we uh, like to go for. So now that I hear this, that's very similar also, Munger says return on invested capital from the company. But a question now from the whole perspective of the industry, why is 99% of people chasing after index funds while history, academia, successful investors, value investors have shown over and over again through time that these are the simple principles that, that work um well um i think i have a, a
1: a dual sort of relationship to index funds because it is true that in the in, in the world of a fund and fund management um fees are high and and, and sometimes often too high <clears throat> and it's where sort of the investors are, are bearing the the brunt of yeah. the risk and and the cost and the managers are basically just Plucking the grapes no matter what happens Mm -hmm. so index funds have a role in the sense that they are very they're they're very cost effective and it's also true that they have actually managed to do fairly well Mm -hmm. uh, uh, over the past 10 15 20 years Um, and and that pop uh, with with that uh, success has also come their popularity so it they right now have a little bit the characteristics of one of these sort of multi-marketing Schemes uh, where where more and more people pile in, and the more and more money there is, and of course they are all buying almost the same uh, shares.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And 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 that that is of course giving them a self fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. Until my friend the market turns. Okay. Because as uh, retail investors then becomes uh, scared and want to get out. Of course the funds need to sell the same shares. Yeah. So, just as they have been very successful in building up, uh, you know, quote-unquote, performance, um, they're they are also going to uh, suffer the, the brunt when, when everybody wants yeah. to pile for the exit. And I, th- I think that's the difference uh, with the way I think about investing is I don't really like to think about buying shares. I, I, buy, I buy companies. Yeah. And so, that's why it's not that different whether you are investing in a small to medium-sized uh, you know, um, company or startup even a startup, and, and invest in uh, the shares of a of, of a listed company. Now, I have to also warn warn uh, your your audience mm-hmm. that small and, me- and medium-sized companies also have a negative size to it, and that is that they are often very thinly traded. Yeah. And that means also because they are thinly traded, if you want to get out, you often have often have to suffer a price declines, particularly if you 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 do it in one go. Yeah. Because they the the they are thinly traded and and the spreads between buy and sell okay. often very large, so that's why, for instance, in our fund we don't trade that much. I mean, we 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 trade when some of our successful shares basically hit hit the upper limit of how much how many shares of that stock we are allowed to have, yeah. and my my. My great partner Peter Barkling always cries when he has to sell some of his darlings, <laughs> but but then at the same time uh, also when 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 we then see that they have have become uh, maybe uh, less pricey, we will also go in and, and buy some of them again if, if there's room for us. So, but we are very careful about trading because I think uh, some people are day traders and I know very little about that, and mm-hmm. some people seem to be very successful with it, but that's not us, we, we invest in companies and we invest in companies with a very clear strategic focus. And I think everybody should look for that. And sometimes you can obviously you need to do your financials and your channel is very good at discussing that. But I think the financials only show you um, what the company has been doing in uh, so far uh, in monetary terms you need to go beyond and saying what was it that actually created that financial structure you know uh, in terms of product, market etc uh, and then you need to go back actually and look even further into the kind of organization its history its management team yeah. in order to get a very clear understanding of whether, whether this thing is also going to be viable in the future 5, 10, 15 years from now and um, many investors don't want to do that work. And that's why I actually appreciate uh, people like yourself, who not only uh, teach uh, the the people who follow you about the kind of depth that needs to go into considering these shares rather than just buying it because, oh, it has a low PE, let me just buy it. You need to do the work. And that's why also I think your your platform is a a, is a great source for people who are interested in that to go in there and and get more in-depth information Usually, that you can get from your your stockbroker or, or, or from the bank that you may be
0: dealing through. Thank you, thank you. So, so that's also the business side, the quality, the qualitative that explains the numbers is also a reason why I applied for an internship at Pers Fund. Wow. So I hope to get that internship <laughs> so that I can increase the value of uh, YouTube an internship all that I get is I work I hope I can help them a little bit with digging deeper and uh, I hope to get back the knowledge and share that knowledge also on uh, this YouTube channel so I hope to see much more of Peron of this YouTube channel of course your partner Peter Barklin and also present some I hope they will give me their analysis of stocks that I can make videos and increase the value of this YouTube for you as a viewer and for the whole investing community that likes this okay we are not investing in shares stocks we are investing in businesses quality businesses yeah. people management uh, to let's say help us financially in the long term and, uh, well i'm not sure how much uh, we we can teach you but uh,
1: i think it is so important that people put, particularly now where we we have a lot of flurry on the market mm-hmm. okay and people are very nervous and in fact you know old friends of mine suddenly show up and saying, gee golly, I'm I'm down 30%. <laughs> Can you help me now? <laughs> well, I wish you had talked with me a little bit earlier. But but uh, but particularly in these times it's important to understand, you know, yes there's maybe a, a repricing going on in the market right now. But but the companies you should have invested in, if they are healthy, etc, I'm not concerned. Yeah. You know, because and and I think this is the difference. If people just start focusing on the daily value of their shares, mm-hmm. um, I'm not going to compare myself in any way to Warren Buffett and 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 Charlie Munger, despite the fact we also play the ukulele. <laughs> but but I I I really want people to understand that they need to get away from this, you know, just looking at a stock market and the talking faces on the on the television. But they need to actually spend the time, as I think you so well um, are advocating um, on your channel to really find out where well, you don't need a lot of shares, you, you need some good ones, and you, you really should get some good ones that you can just keep and hold on to. Yeah. Um, so in our fund, we have, uh, I think now about 24, 25 shares, okay? We don't want many more, okay? Uh, if it goes below 15, um, I, I don't think I'm diversified enough in the fund. Yeah. And even the fund to me is, we have a very clear focus, small and medium-sized companies, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah. Um, in my own portfolio, uh, and so I have a lot of money in my, uh, the investment fund, um, but I also have my own portfolio that, where I diversified in different ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For instance, I just um, uh, got out of a very large business in China. And before, I didn't want to have any more in China because there was too much. So, the last uh, last couple of months, I'm now looking at specific
0: China-based companies. Mm-hmm. And also, as we talked about earlier, in, in other just, emerging just to markets. Say, you, you didn't sell stocks of the business in China. If that was a private venture. Uh, oh, it
1: was, a, it was a private venture. It was a very, very large project
0: uh, involving
1: real estate, and etc. In, 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 in Sichuan province in China uh, that I've been working on for uh, eight years. Um, and, and getting out of that, uh, you know, freed up not only some cash, but it also freed up, shall we say, the diversification opportunities yeah. Yeah. for China. And and I have always had uh, a lot in real estate. Now I'm out of that real estate, which means I can now rebalance my portfolio with real estate in other areas, for instance. Uh, or as you also say, you want to have some commodities. You want to have some. You know uh, diversification between industrial and consumers etc and financials um, and i think everybody has to think in those terms uh, even if you have a little money and you have big money you need to sort of think about this and it doesn't take place overnight or just because you're meeting with your local bank advisor yeah. which you may not want to do uh, <laughs> they're like used car salesmen <laughs> So, so I, I really, um, uh, and this is also why I originally contacted you, because I think you're doing a great job and a great service that <clears throat> is not very common. You don't generally find it on, on sort of C- CNBC and CNN and Bloomberg. Um, you you don't find people that actually are willing to stand up and, and in a rigorous way go through and explain these things for for. The public um, and and some of your viewers i'm sure don't have too much money and i'm sure that some of them actually have a lot of money and they you help everybody sort of understand and get on track in terms of these i think very valuable insights it's not my insights i mean <clears throat> warren buffett and charlie Munger, of course are some of the biggest proponents of this way of thinking um, and it's not unique it's not difficult if you are just willing to take the time okay. to both learn about it, but also go through the analysis. And this is where I think
0: the service of the channel is, uh, uh, is terrific and must be uh, commended. Thank you, thank you. <coughs> uh, let me just finish with, uh, now we are, many say, late part of the economic cycle. Uh, when you go back in your long career, more than 40 years, how do you compare this period with something that happened or in the past, or isn't it comparable? Um, I think there are, there are a few things that are
1: different. First of all, the access to information is very different today. Um, I can pick up the telephone now to my broker in, in Singapore and within half an hour, he will have um, uh, three or four analyst reports on a, maybe a Chinese um, a company that I'm interested in.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, that is just unthinkable in the old days. And so though the access to information now you have to realize everybody has that access and that's why it's you also have to be able to sort out what is uh, uh, as we say in Denmark shit or Chanel you know you be you need to be able to understand you know there's a lot of noise out there Uh, and it can oftentimes be confusing for for particularly inexperienced investors to not just listen to hype or Mm -hmm. whatever goes on because there's also a lot of fake information out there or or misinformation Mm -hmm. and and popular populist information Uh, so that's also one of the reasons why for instance i like to go down and see the companies or uh, uh, go to the companies and see the companies we invest in not that the personal meetings always can reveal everything but sometimes you know you you find information and saying gee god nobody really actually knew about this and uh, you can see on their faces if some of the information they have been you know, posting in the public maybe now that's completely true etc and I think this is very important particularly when you invest your own but also other people's money that you have that sort of sanity check uh, on on how you do it um, what else is also investing uh, for me personally also I, I I of course learn yeah and I think this is another thing that that uh, your your uh, the people who follow you need to understand is, is that over time, you become better and better and better at it. It's the same thing with entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. I, I always tell the entrepreneurs, often my own students, etc. cetera, um, electing an entrepreneurial career path is a learning process. Yeah. You never get it right first. You're gonna make mistakes. You're probably gonna, you know, uh, if not go bankrupt, but certainly have to fold your company you know, a few times. And in fact, I think that the, the people who have done it a few times that are actually the best entrepreneurs because they, they have been down, they know what the bottom of the, of, 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 of the, uh, the, the bank account looked like. <laughs> and, and I think it's very healthy. It gives you humility. Mm-hmm. And, and I think you need humility if you want to learn. So that every new day is a new opportunity to find insights you didn't have before. And, and to me, this is very important. And, and again, I said, I think your channel is a very good impetus for people to to log in and say, oh, gee golly, I never thought about that. Yeah. You know? Oh, wow, this kind of company, I, I, I actually never understood. Like, you had a very good uh, discussion on copper. You know, I, I think it's very nice for people to be able to go to a place like this and, 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 ha- and, uh, and have that be a start of their journey. You know, and, and it is a journey because yeah. y- y- you're always going to learn new things. And, and to me, this is also exciting. This is why I'm of an course. educator and yeah, an academic. Yeah, yeah. I, I love to learn. Yeah. Um, and so, so I think that's a little bit different today where as 30 years ago, it was much, much more difficult. difficult.
0: Thank you. I think think all our viewers will enjoy it very much. If they have any questions, especially about the fund, if they are non-US professional investors, (laughs) yeah, that's
1: that's sort of an interesting twist. If I may just add a few comments, is that so? You know, because the US have actually created restrictions around the world in terms of how you can open a bank account and and who can be in a fund, etc. The reason why we don't take uh, uh, U.S. citizens into our fund is that if we do that, we then have to basically expose every investor in the fund to U.S. Uh, uh, rules. Yeah. And and we just say then it's easier for us not to have U.S. Um, okay. Uh, um, customer. Okay. So it's nothing against uh, Americans. I'm sorry, <laughs> but but you, you sort of have done it to yourself. <laughs> So, alright so I'll put the link also below for if they have any questions yeah if or,
0: they have any questions I'll be very happy uh, to, uh, to
1: talk with people and, and, um, and, and answer them uh,
0: uh, well thank you for doing this I'm sure they will enjoy it and I'll see you next month in Malaysia at the investor conference yep yeah, we'll be happy to see you there great thank you per. cheers thanks for listening if you have any comments please let me know if you enjoyed this podcast please leave a five star review as it means a lot to me thank you And I'll be speaking to you in the next episode.